So we're going to get straight into the Word. Uh, this morning I wanted to uh, just pray over the Word as we jump into it. So let's just uh, close our eyes and just focus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you, Lord, as we come into your Word this morning. We're here to celebrate the amazing gift of fatherhood and the amazing blessing that fatherhood uh, pours out on people's lives. So, Lord, we thank you, Father, for what teaching you're going to bring. And I pray, Lord, for every ear to be open, every heart to be open, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for every spiritual eye to be open to receive everything that you want to impart today through your powerful, miraculous word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, today I want to talk about the Father's blessing. And I want to talk about particular ingredients that come from the Father's blessing. And we're going to go into straight, straight into Scripture. I want to look at uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 27. We're going to look at various verses. But we're going to look at the 27th chapter of Genesis. And this is the story this morning of Isaac bestowing his blessing to Jacob. And, uh, you know, when the blessing was, we know the story, the blessing was actually intended for his firstborn, Esau. Uh, but there was a little bit of trickery that took place in the story that we're going to look through uh, today because uh, Jacob actually wanted the blessing and his, his mother favored him over Esau, you know. Obviously, it wasn't a perfect family, was it? There was a little bit of tension there and, and uh, a bit of competition happening there. But who knows that even if your family is not perfect, that uh, the blessing of God can pour out and, and, and mightily touch your family for the benefit of your family, amen. Who knows that your family not being perfect doesn't mean you can't be blessed of the Lord. Who knows that, amen. Um, but as you remember, Isaac, let's just set the scene. Isaac and Rebekah had twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Uh, but they weren't anything alike, these twin boys. Esau was an outdoorsman and uh, he had hairy arms, the Bible teaches, uh, and, and, and hairy hands as well. And he loved hunting and he loved fishing. He was very outdoors. But Jacob was more of a, a homely, a homebody kind of guy. And he spent a lot of time, quality time with his mum. He had a close connection with his mum. But in the 27th chapter of Genesis, their father Isaac has grown old and blind. And he decides it's time to pass on the blessing to his oldest son. And so what's important here to understand is in the, the uh, Hebrew culture or the Jewish culture, a Jewish father's blessing was a formal bequeathing of the father's leadership and authority uh, in the family to the eldest son. So it was a passing on of the authority, a passing of the leadership to the eldest son. And there was a transition that took place. It was a very important particular time when the father blessed the eldest son. And since the oldest son was to assume family leadership responsibilities through this blessing, he also received a double share of his father's possessions. And so the bestowing of the blessing was a very, very important part of uh, a time for a family in Hebrew culture. And so in Genesis chapter 27, verse, verse 2, Isaac tells Esau, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your weapons, your quiver and bow and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me. To eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So Esau leaves, and while he leaves, a little bit of conspiracy takes place with Rebekah, then trying to set Jacob up to actually look like Esau, sound like Esau, smell like Esau, to trick the father into bestowing the blessing on Jacob rather than Esau. And so his mother seizes the opportunity and, uh, and secu- you know, to, to secure the blessing for Jacob. 
And so <clears throat> what he does, what she does is she actually quickly prepares the food that Esau was supposed to go at a hunt. She quickly prepares some, some tasty food so Jacob could, could use that and then tells Jacob to put on Esau's best clothes so that the smell of Esau was in the clothes. And then to help fool blind old Isaac, she puts goat skins on Jacob's hands and arms to make them feel hairy. And then she sends him in with food, asking for the blessing from the, from the father. And let's go to verses 19 to 20. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And then it continues, verses 21 to 23. Isaac then says to Jacob, come near so I can touch you. He was a little bit suspicious, the Bible teaches. Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. And Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hair. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. So he wasn't quite sure, but he thought, well, these hands have got to be the hands of Esau. He's touching the very skin, and so he decided to bestow his blessing upon who he thought was Esau, but actually was Jacob. Then the, the scripture goes on and says, the blessing that was given is found in verses 27 to 29. And so this was the actual blessing that was bestowed. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. And then he went on and said, may God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Who thinks that that's a pretty good blessing? Be Lord over your brothers. He continues, be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Who would like that declaration of their life to be true? Well, can I say to you, just, let's just take a little bit of a time out. That blessing that was declared upon that young boy, Jacob, right there by Isaac, uh, there, there are many parts of that, if not all of the parts, that you can actually claim through your inheritance in Christ through the New Testament. Can I tell you, all of those elements there is something that you can claim through you being connected to the Father of heaven. Amen. But we want to have a look at some, some, some key ingredients here. So after he received the blessing from his father, Jacob left. And shortly after, Esau came in with the game that he killed and prepared. And he was ready to receive his father's blessing. Can you imagine what Esau went through? So it goes on. Listen to verses 33, 34. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. So he was declaring, even though he'd been tricked because he'd released the blessing that Jacob actually would be blessed. And when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too, my father. And so it's a long story, interesting story. But what we want to do is we want to actually look at this story because there's some great clues as to what are the ingredients in terms of blessing our household, who he wants to bless their own household using the principles of God. Being aligned to God's word. So there's an author called Dr. Gary Smalley, and he wrote a book entitled The Blessing. And in this book, The Blessing, he examines the blessing, the very blessing that Isaac bestowed upon Jacob. And he says this about his studies 
of this Hebrew tradition and what we can learn from, the, from actually our Father in heaven in terms of this part of scripture. And so this is what he says. He says, the blessing contains four ingredients that ought to be present in every home today. And so I want to go through those four ingredients. So whether you're a single parent here, whether you're married with family, whether you're a blended family uh, with, with stepchildren, whether you're not married at all and you're just a single person, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a dad, whether you're a dad-to-be, whatever, whoever you are, uh, there's some great principles here. And so let's have a look. Because when these four ingredients are present and practiced consistently, then our children grow up solid, confident, and blessed. And they go out into the world and they function in a healthy way and normally, particularly at being ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Amen. But if we reverse engineer that, what's also interesting about what we're going to learn is if these ingredients are absent in the home, then too often the child can end up like Esau. Uh, and that is that they are, they're bitter, they're angry, they're frustrated because there's something about their upbringing that, that really lacks something. And so they may be still searching for their identity and other things. Uh, and so that can lead uh, you know, then teenagers and adult children down into, uh, into a path of making the wrong choices. So what we're going to look at today is interesting. It's multifaceted because I want to encourage you to sit here and think about your own household right now whatever that looks like. I want you to also think about the household that you grow, grew up in. I want you to think about your identity as a parent, if you're a parent here today. But I also want you to think about your children and how they would respond to these ingredients. And I also want you to think about yourself as a child and how much of these did you receive, just so we can start to unlock and get greater revelation about maybe why there are still some things in our own life that we're trying to break through in, that we're trying to allow God to come in and make us whole. By faith, we're made whole when we invite Jesus into our life, amen, through the blood of Jesus and everything. But we know that it's, it's a progress and that God's taking us from glory to glory. And so sometimes it's about looking at these principles to help to unlock some understandings about why is it that maybe this particular part of my life is still uh, a bit void or lacking fruitfulness or it's still frustrating in how I relate to this particular part of my life. So let's have a look here. The four ingredients of Isaac's blessing. The first one, the first ingredient, I want you to write this down, was a meaningful touch. Everyone say meaningful touch. So the first ingredient was a meaningful touch. Notice in verse 22, Jacob went close to his father Isaac who touched him. Verse 26 says, Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. And this is not an isolated incident in Scripture. Almost every time a blessing is bestowed in Hebrew culture, it involves the laying on of hands, it involves a kiss, it involves an embrace, something that conveys acceptance and love. Uh, even if we go to the Gospels, the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Mark says that people brought children to Jesus so that he could touch them. Jesus took them and placed them on his knee and laid his hands upon them. And the scripture says he blessed them. Jesus knew exactly how children needed to be loved, how they needed to feel love, how they needed to feel accepted through physical embrace. Who believes that that's important in the family home? <coughs> you know, uh, for those of you who've kind of, you know, uh, been hanging around me the last couple of weeks, you know that I lost my dad on the 4th of August. And so a couple of weeks ago was his funeral. And on Friday, he was due to have his 80th birthday. And obviously today's Father's Day. 
And uh, my dad definitely wasn't perfect. And I definitely didn't grow up whole. There were some broken things in my life and that for, for various reasons. But amen, when I invited Jesus into my life, he helped to bring uh, uh, the healing there and, and it has given me keys to break through. And, and through his word, amen, I'm walking strong today. But one thing I can when I reflect on my dad is my dad always said to me, he said, you know, when I was transitioning to being, you know, 12 into 13 and teenager, he said something like, you know, I probably know when I pick you up from school, you're probably not going to want to hug and, and kiss me like you usually do when you get a little bit older because that's not as cool. But I want you to know that uh, however you want to relate, if you still want to hug, if you still want to kiss, um, I'm, I'm your dad and I love you. And I want you to know that, you know, I'm here if you want to have a hug or have a kiss and and embrace. And, you know, I know in Australian culture, you know, blokes kissing, that's, you know, not always seen as cool. But what I've noticed more and more is that men in Australia are getting better at being okay to actually give each other a bit of a hug. Have you noticed that? I think we're breaking down the rules of all that old tradition. What I love about my other father, Greg, Sarah's dad, is that I'll, I'll always remember this, that when I first came into the things of God, there was some brokenness there. And my relationship with dad was great, but there were some areas there through what happened with their marriage, with my mum and dad's marriage, and that's a whole other sermon. But what I remember in, uh, in our old church, that Greg particularly got around me, he hardly knew me then. I, you know, Sarah and I weren't dating, we even, didn't even hardly know each other. But I remember that Greg would come around and he'd put his arm around me after the service and he, he would just say, you know what, I see that God's on your life and I just want you to know uh, that you're an awesome, you're an awesome guy, Brad, and, and, and God's going to take you places. And I never forget that. And, uh, and then when I started to actually uh, court Sarah and date Sarah before we were married, I remember I'd go into Greg and Julie's house. And the first thing that Greg would want to do, right, Jace to stand up. Well, obviously, I'm a lot shorter than Jace. Okay, but imagine, you know, I'm Greg and Jace is me. Greg would open the door and say, hey, Brad, how are you? And he'd just give me a big bear hug like this. Man, that's, oh, I need a ladder for hug, Jace. <laughs> And can I tell you, it was just, there was healing in that as well because it was seeing a father figure and seeing even Greg with his own son, Ben, hugging and uh, just seeing, uh, you know, guys coming together. And obviously, you know, Greg hugging his daughters and that type of thing. But he was a strong, confident, secure, manly man of God who didn't hesitate to actually give someone a physical embrace obviously that was appropriate, right, uh, to actually give that affection and let them know it's okay. Now, if you're sitting here and you're an Aussie bloke and you're not really into hugging, I'm not trying to bring any conviction here. You've obviously got to have your own physical boundaries. That's cool, amen. But all I'm saying, in our home, we've got to have physical affection. Come on now. We're going to have physical affection in a home because it's a godly thing. It's got to be appropriate, but it, it, it's got to be there. And I want to encourage you to, to maybe think about, is that something that's flowing in your home? Because it really does bless the children when you pull them in and you embrace them and you love them. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it blesses your marriage as well, obviously having good, healthy, physical affection with each other. It's an important thing. It's a sign of love. It's a healthy sign of love in the home. So it's important to do that in our homes. When children are very small, sometimes you can't communicate love to them with words because they don't understand words yet. But the best way to communicate to a very small child is to bring them into a loving embrace. You know, they have, they have um, documentaries about uh, orphanages in, in Romania where children uh, mentally don't grow up very equipped because they just didn't have enough physical touch when they were in that very, very early infant stage. There's science that shows that the physical embrace and touch of loved ones uh, when people are developing. And even you, uh, in my own ministry, 
experience I've seen was people have come into the house of God and they may have come from brokenness and just rejection, but actually being loved and being embraced by, by a community who believe in them, it's a big part of the healing process. So I want to encourage you to have, uh, have that ingredient, ingredient of a meaningful touch in your home. Amen. The second key ingredient that we can learn from this story of the blessing of the Father being bestowed upon the Son is that there were words of affection and love. Everyone say words of affection. Everyone say words of love. So let's have a look at verse 27. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field. Now, suppose in today's culture, telling a son that he smells like a field may not be many signs of affection, right? Uh, but, but in those days, it actually was, you know, because, uh, you know, um, Isaac was a real outdoorsman. And uh, he thought he was speaking about Esau. Um, and, and obviously, he smelt uh, Esau's smell in the clothes that Jacob was wearing. But the smell of a field also was about the sign of of a harvest being ready. And when a harvest was ready, there was a great smell in the field when a harvest was ripe and ready. And it was a compliment. It was a compliment. It was a positive message communicating his love um, and giving uh, him a sense of affection by complimenting him with his words. And I think too often... Uh, even in our home, we can be so quick to criticize and remind children or remind our loved ones about what they're not doing right or the way that we frame things. I know I catch myself quite a few times when I'm too quick to, to say to Zara, well, you know, you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. You know, when, when you, you, you can say things like, you know, you, you dummy, why did you, why did you spill the milk or, you know, you're lazy or, you know... <laughs> Uh, you know, you've, you've put on weight or whatever it is to, uh, you, to your loved ones, to your children. But, you know, those words, if they come too consistently and they're not balanced, because I believe in, in healthy, uh, you know, constructive criticism in the home. I think it's important to uh, do have correction and discipline. That's absolutely imperative. But it's got to be balanced with good affection through your words and love through your words. And I think sometimes, you know, it's important to look at the fact that if we don't do enough of the affection through our words and it causes people, it causes children, it causes our loved ones to withdraw from us. Can everyone say the word withdraw? So there's definitely room for constructive criticism in the home, um, but it's more important to communicate love through your words. You know, things like, you're worth something. You're worth something. I'm glad that God gave you to us. You're better than any present I could ever receive. These types of words of affection. Those are the words that communicate acceptance and love. And so I want to encourage you. Even today, Father's Day, even if your relationship with your dad isn't great, you know, let him know. Now, I'm going to try really hard when I tell the story not to cry. But if I cry, just give me permission, okay? <clears throat> I haven't really told many people uh, about this, but... Uh, my brother turned 50 in April this year, and we had a massive big uh, birthday barbecue down in his house on the Gold Coast. And we had quite a few people. There was, you know, it wasn't a massive party. But it was, you know, I think about 20, 25 people. They're mainly family. And uh, about halfway through the, the barbecue, I just had this strong sensing in my heart from the Holy Spirit. I just couldn't shake it. And the Holy Spirit said so clearly to me, Brad, you may not see your dad for too much longer. I want to encourage you, sit him down one-on-one, eyeball him for half an hour, 
and give him a massive hug and let him know how much you love him. Let him know how much of a great dad he's been. Let him know how you're so proud of him and how you recognize the sacrifices and the things that he's gone above and beyond to bring you up and to raise you up. And just love him. Let him know how much you love him. And so it was such a strong prompting from the Holy Spirit, I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't ignore it. And so I I pulled that aside and I sat down with him for half an hour and it was just so awesome because we laughed, we talked about different things. But I, I sat down and I said, Dad, you know, I want you to know you are such a great dad. And uh, and I love you. And it's been easier to process because I, I took that moment to let my dad know. And so what's funny, I'm, I'm laughing because when my dad used to cry and get upset, his, his voice would go high pitch like my dear, dear just then. <laughs> Same with my brother. Uh, so funny. <clears throat> so I want to encourage you to take the moment today to reach out to your family and let them know that you love them. I was thinking I should have left that story to the end. (laughs) Everyone pray for me. Amen. Strengthen me, Lord. The third ingredient was assuring them of their value. The third ingredient of the blessing was assuring the value. Notice what Isaac says in verse 28. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. He's saying you're special, so God will give you the best. He has to give you the best because you're special. That's what he was saying when he was bestowing his blessing. And it's especially important to teach your children. Uh, you know, teach them that you're so valuable, that God even came into our, our world and died on the cross for you. Teach that in your homes. Let them know how valuable they are, that the mightiest price that was paid, that our God actually sent his only begotten son to earth, to die and break his body and shed his blood just so you, my daughter, my son, so you could have everlasting life. That's how special you are. That's how valuable are the massive price that was paid. We want to speak that into our home, speak that into the hearts of our children. If Even if your children are adult children and you know they may not know the Lord, but sometimes it's just about asking the Lord wisdom. But today, take the opportunity to let your loved ones know, even if your relationship isn't perfect, uh, let them know how much of value they are to you. But it's not just by words. We teach this in a number of ways. A lot of times when a child comes, we're so busy, aren't we? Or if a loved one comes and wants to just have some, some connection time with us, we're so busy. We have one eye on the TV and one eye on them or you know, we, we, we've got that iPhone and we just keep looking at whatever we're looking at on the iPhone and we're not putting the phone down or, you know, when we're out to dinner, we've got family dinner around and we've got that iPhone in our hand. So when a child comes to talk to you, turn off the TV, put down the iPhone and listen to what they have to say. That communicates value. You know, you're worth something. You're more important to me than Facebook. Amen. You're a valuable part of our family. I'm, I'm, I'm glad God gave you to us. These types of, of uh, 
important comments to make sure that we're cementing value into our, into our family. And the last and fourth ingredient was that <clears throat> it's important to picture a glorious future for the people in your life and to help them to see beyond just today what is it that you can see on their life and encourage them about their future, encourage them about their destiny. So the fourth ingredient was picturing a glorious future. In verse 29, Isaac says to Jacob, May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Isaac is helping him, is helping his boy to raise his sights and to see that his future is bright. Amen. And so we, we need to help our children to see that their future is bright and speak that destiny over them and speak that destiny into them. Amen. This is an important responsibility of parents. I know my dad used to do that all the time. He used to say, wow, I can see that you're, you know, uh, he used to say to me all the time, Brad, you could talk underwater. Brad, you're such a good communicator. Brad, I can see you uh, speaking. Brad, I can see you as doing a, being a journalist. Brad, I can see you in business. And uh, who knows that it's those deposits that it just fills your heart of confidence when you're a young boy or a young girl, even going into your teenage years. But can I say this to you? Even if your father wasn't a strong example like this, and maybe he didn't speak a lot of destiny into you, you know what the great thing is that your father in heaven will speak destiny into you. The word of God will speak destiny into you. That you can also pray destiny into your own life. You can actually take the word of God and declare it over your own life and actually create the blessing of God and that forward momentum over your own life, even if you didn't have a great earthly dad. Your father in heaven will do everything that he can do to replace anything that you may not receive from your earthly father. Amen. So Isaac was helping him to raise his sights. And so we need to teach the things of God to our children. So that when they're old, they will not forsake those things. But there's also another application where to help our children find their own niche, where to help our children discover who they are and what they've been made to do. Uh, who knows, sometimes as parents, we, we like our children maybe to be what we, what we were like or what we didn't achieve. Or, you know, I know I like to dress a certain way and I like to talk a certain way and I'm interested in certain things. So there may be a temptation with my uh, kids. Well, I'm definitely going to make sure that they talk a certain way uh, in terms of, you know, I don't want my kids swearing, amen, uh, and, and having that kind of thing going on. But, you know, we might have to deal with some temptation there. It's going to be an interesting journey. But I think what's important is, I know I'm really big in business, but if I've got a daughter or a son who loves art, and that's kind of not my thing, who knows that sometimes as a parent you kind of, you know, well, I'm not really into that. But who knows, it's important for us not to actually shape our children after our own likes or, 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 or dislikes, but actually to allow God to illuminate uh, so that we can see what is their niche, what is their gifting, what is their calling, what is their anointing. And we need to actually help them and guide them and push them in the right direction so that every potential of God within them comes forth and shines. Amen. So I want to encourage you uh, to sometimes be okay and be open with your children, maybe being slightly different. To you, have a different a different destiny to you. You want to allow God to illuminate those things. I'm just going to ask uh, Josh to come as we finish this morning. I want to finish in reflection, just in summary, this morning. You know, I think there is some mortar that holds these four ingredients together. Before I talk about that mortar, 
Let's just summarize these four things. What holds a family together? A meaningful touch. Embrace each other. Don't withhold physical affection. Words of affection and love. Assuring them of their value. And creating a home where together you're picturing a glorious future. These are the four ingredients of a blessing that was released. And when we look at at Jacob's life, again, it wasn't perfect, but you could see the blessing of God that was bestowed upon him. He was a mighty man who wrestled with the angel of the Lord to receive even even more blessing in his life. He had to sometimes fight for that blessing to manifest, but he knew that he knew that he knew that he was blessed because his father released that that blessing upon him. And I think the mortar that brings all these ingredients together is the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. And as I was sharing before, when in April this year I got an opportunity to get things right with my dad, just sit him down and just say, you know what? I want to let you know I love you and I'm so proud of you and you mean a lot to me. And giving him a massive hug. I feel this morning to finish The Lord would want to encourage us before we go forth and celebrate Father's Day in whatever way we've planned to. There's an opportunity here this morning to just get our heart right with our own Heavenly Father. Amen. And just to let Him know how amazing He is and how great He is. And even though things may have not been perfect in how we've related, that you let Him know how great He is. And in a fresh way, invite Him into your life so why don't you just close your eyes in this place Father we we thank you Lord for who you are we thank you Lord that you're an amazing Father that your character is perfect that yet you you're you're a a man of war and you're a man of of breakthrough and you're a man of the good fight of faith God but you're also a God of grace and mercy and absolute enduring love where you'll persevere to the very ends of the earth to see us be embraced by you. I thank you, Lord, that you'll never give up. You'll never forsake us. You'll never stop chasing after or pursuing that heart connection with us. I thank you, Lord, for these ingredients this morning, these ingredients that you're teaching us through your word, that a meaningful touch and words of affection and love and assuring people of value and picturing a glorious future. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you do all of those things to us. I thank you, Lord, that you're always wanting to embrace us in your presence. Lord, that you're always wanting to speak words of life into us and love into us. Lord, that you're wanting us to understand how much you value us because your only son died for us. Lord, you're also always wanting to assure us of a glorious future. So, Father, as we just have our our eyes closed and our heads bowed, Lord, I just want to read this one scripture that signifies these four ingredients as we just reconnect with you this morning. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hear the Lord say this. Make your heart right with me today.
Just put your hand on your heart, church. Lord, we pray this morning as our heart is open, Lord. We just want to be aligned with you. We want to reconnect with you in whatever way we need to this morning. Lord, we're sorry of any sins that we've committed. Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we've, we've separated ourselves from you. So this morning afresh, Lord, we declare, Lord, embrace us, God. You're a great Father, Lord. We love you. We love you, God. You're an amazing God. You're an amazing Dad. Just pour out your love this morning, God, people's hearts. Refresh them, Lord. Fill them up with that everlasting peace. And Lord, we thank you, God, for our earthly dads. Father, we pray a fresh blessing upon our fathers and our father figures and our mentors. But Lord, we pray a fresh blessing over our families, our households and our children. And Lord, we pray a blessing over our spiritual home, our house here, our spiritual children, our spiritual mums and dads, and our whole spiritual family here, Lord. Bestow your blessing upon us, God. Thank you, Lord. We love you in this place. We just want to say, Happy Father's Day, God. (laughs) In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's just finish by, let's give God a clap offering here.